Live from the NyxCast Phanthropological Institute, we're reversing the polarity of the neutron flow as we talk about Whovians. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 3 of Phanthropological. This is episode number 25, Horde of a Century. And um, if you've been listening to, yeah. to us up to this point, we do want to thank you for listening. I know, believe me, we know that there are a lot of podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. The fact that you've spent an hour or so of your week listening to three people with the same name from Canada means a lot to us. So thank you very much for listening. That being said, let's introduce those other two people that have the same name as me. First, Nick T. Hello, I'm a level 20 space-time wizard. <laughs> and Nick Z. Hello, I'm all teeth and curls. <laughs> Get ready for lots of inside jokes that T will ask us to explain. <laughs> I'm sorry, T. Oh, yeah, that's okay. That was the thing I learned about the fandom doing the research this week. But we will get to that. <laughs> yes, we will. As I said today off the top, we are talking about Whovians. And who better to illuminate the subject than co-producer of the Reality Bomb podcast, Alex Kennard. Hello, I would say a witty thing, but uh, I'm just going to use my English accent as a reference to Doctor Who. How's that? It's very witty. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. That works. I also heard yes, that he was a god of some sort. I don't know, I don't know where you could have heard that from. I'm not going to say whether it's true or false, that. but, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying Ooh. similar things to that. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, once a rumor's out there, there's not much you can do. I know. Do. I know. I don't, someone keeps on spreading mm. them. But uh, mm. what can I say? It, good taste is all I can say. Good taste in rumors. <laughs> so... This week, we're talking about Whovians, and each week, we try to bring the fan's eye view to you. This week, uh, we're going to start with a little bit of fandom facts. Fandom facts. So what we did is we went out and we tried to get kind of the baseball card, like the summary, like a little bit of quick information about Doctor Who in case you didn't know about Doctor Who. If you didn't know about Doctor Who, I don't know why you're listening, but please keep listening. It's a good show, honest. Uh, So, Doctor Who. The origins of uh, the Doctor Who the Show is a British science fiction television program produced by the BBC way back in 1963. The fandom has origins in the Doctor Who fan club, which was started in Britain in the 1960s. Later, the fandom was recognized by the production staff of Doctor Who in the form of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society, also in Britain, which was established in May of 1976. As we mentioned, different names for Doctor Who fandom, less exciting than some of the other fandoms we covered, because there's only really two, Doctor Mm -hmm. Who fans and Whovians. Mm -hmm. Yep. The size of the fandom is probably around 110 million people. I say probably because the only number I have is from the BBC. Uh, There was actually a really neat site called Broad DW Cast, which dissects that number and what it means. And uh, before we get a little bit further, I got a question for the three of you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah? How many fanfics do you think there are for Doctor Who on fanfiction.net? I think this is a trick question. I think I think there are an <laughs> infinite number of Doctor Who fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll just use some multiverse mm. theory and then uh, there we go. At the when time stops, how many would <laughs> be 
I mean, let's begin with an easier, smaller number. How many Doctor Who fan fictions are there out there involving Captain Jack Harkness? And then we'll build from there. Probably the same number. (laughs) Now, see, I wish I had numbers on that, but I don't. Infinity negative one. Infinity negative one. Okay. Okay. My C's doing an integer overflow. I got it. You're going to let him have that guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say 80,000. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, Alex. Yes. Probably right in the physics kind of sense, <laughs> but not a legitimate guess, so I'm going to skip past That's that. That's the story of Z, my life. Definitely wrong. <laughs> G, uh, the answer is 73,400. Wow. Wow. There are also another 53,000 on archive of our own, and those are Doctor Who and related fandoms. There are apparently like four other Doctor Who categories, hmm. like Torchwood and... Oh. Um, I think there are ones for... Uh, Old Who, New Who, spinoffs. Okay. Like, there were many categories. Mm. There are a lot of Who, Doctor Who fanfics. Bernice Summerfield, probably. That is what I had for Fandom Facts this week. All right. Cool. I'm surprised that you didn't come across one fact that I found very interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it that the Doctor regenerates? Uh, no. Uh, Go for it. Unfortunately not, no. Um, it is that... Uh, an external esteemed source that is not the Doctor Who fan club or uh, the BBC or anything like that, but another very esteemed English establishment also recognizes Whovians, and that is the Oxford English Dictionary, mm-hmm. which oh. contains an entry for the word Whovian. A fan of the British science fiction television series Doctor Who. Not to be confused with members of Whoville. Yep. Like fans yep. of people from Whoville. Yeah. I do feel like that was actually put in into the Oxford Dictionary by a Doctor Who fan who is aware of how much the term Whovian pisses off some other Doctor Who fans. <laughs> because then they could just always be like, no, mate, it's in the dictionary. Can't help you. Sorry. <laughs> I There's probably something to that because, I mean, the, uh, the example sentence refers to uh, John Barrowman, the actor <laughs> who plays Captain Jack Harkness. So. Wait, what? Yeah. I mean... I'm I'm going to go on record as not being a Doctor Who fan, not because mm-hmm. I don't enjoy the show, but because I just have not seen any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's in Doctor yes, Who. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, man, that guy's in everything. <laughs> I, there's something, yeah, something beautiful about the pettiness that you described, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it in the dictionary, just be like, yeah, sorry. It's like it's like Trekkies versus Trekkers, except it's Whovians versus just like fans. Or, or Whovians hmm. versus it's... Whovians versus don't call me a Whovian versus oh my god, I'm going to call you a Whovian if I want to. <laughs> Welcome to a Doctor Who convention. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you still hear hear echoes of that conversation every every Doctor Who convention? Well, you hear echoes of all of the various conversations at Doctor Who conventions. <laughs> they, they are everlasting. Trial of a Time Lord was good. Trial of the Time Lord was good. What are you talking about? Megabyte modems? I mean, come on. They were just looking deep into the future. I'm just going to write down this small list of Doctor Who beefs for the end of the show so that we can... The next cast apologizes to the fans of the following concepts (laughs) and episodes. (laughs) I'm just going to lay down Veilyard and leave it there. And that is enough. Anyway, moving on from (laughs) oblique references... (laughs) I, Into I don't think more that's going to end on this show. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one fandom fact 
that uh, we always have a hard time answering because it's less of a fact and more of a question. And that is the why. Why? And by that I mean, why are people fans of Doctor Who? Hmm. I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I'm legitimately <laughs> asking that question. It's, this is not, it's a terrible show. Why are you? <laughs> there are many, I'm sure there are many other podcasts for that kind of material. It's really, this is really a guided meditation. We're just taking you through your, your inner consciousness yeah, right yeah. now. Pretty much. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Guys, that's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> why? It's, it, I, it's a very good question. I mean, I think one of the reasons why is that Doctor Who has been around for so long. You know, like it's it's mm-hmm. and b- because it's been around for so long, and because for the majority of its existence, it's been not a children's show as such, but a show that is definitely made for families to watch together. Mm-hmm. It's at a point now where, or has been at a point for a very long time, where people who became committed to it when they were children have been adults for a long time as well, right? So. It's not like it's a show that you yeah. watch as a child and then you just kind of forget and leave behind. It's the childhood friend that won't leave you alone. There's no le- <laughs> there's no leaving it behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Myself. Kind of talking about how it's the, like the friend that won't leave you alone or kind of growing up with the fan. Do you think there's kind of a point where the show transitioned? From being a, a show for kids and then going into a family show and then maybe being a more adult-oriented I, show? I think it's constantly transitioning. You know, I think it's constantly kind of moving in and out of those genres, essentially. It di- it moved, certainly became more adult when Colin Baker became the sixth Doctor. The show became a lot more, well, mm-hmm. I, actually earlier than that, I would say it became more adult when Peter Davison became the fifth Doctor and the show became a lot more violent. And then with the sixth Doctor, the Doctor became a lot more cruel while the show was also violent, mm-hmm. making it a lot more kind of, or generally a bit more adult. And it's right now, I would say, under Peter Capaldi in, in more of a an adult phase as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that it can't swing back to somebody like uh, Matt Smith or a Tom Baker, uh, you know, in the uh, in the near future. Yeah, that, that goofy, uh, gleeful grin. Yeah can always come back exactly and then later be replaced by dour attack eyebrows (laughs) (laughs) doctor who is one of my favorite shows but it is one of the most inconsistent shows i've ever seen (laughs) absolutely (laughs) probably because it's had such a long time over which to be inconsistent oh yeah Mm -hmm. but even within a season there's some episodes i'll love and some episodes i'll hate and that is constant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of Doctor Who is never going to be for everyone. I I always feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I prefer uh, on Reality Bomb, for instance. We we try to be very positive as mu- as much as we can. We try and be a positive podcast uh, because there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that's quite negative. Uh, but I always feel feel a little bit suspicious of people who say that there's nothing in Doctor Who that they don't like. You know, <laughs> like it, 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 there's there's got to be something that doesn't do it for you you know yeah and doctor who varies so widely that uh, i don't think it's possible to have to just love all of it equally yeah yeah that was something that i had come across quite a bit um people talking about the reason that they liked the show so much was that it was so 
in their words, diverse rather than mm-hmm. inconsistent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pos- but you know, positive, yeah, positive yeah. swing again. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like instead of saying, "Oh, this is a terrible horror show because some episodes are comedic and some are goofy science fiction," it was more along the lines of, "Well, one episode's a gothic horror. The next episode is this." science fiction story about the moon being an egg of some sort of dragon or something mm-hmm. and like just how it it bounces around lends itself to a, a diversity of opinions and therefore a diversity of conversations amongst the fans themselves exactly yeah well like one of the things i have written down here under the why is the is the sheer possibility of the show right it's any mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. time and any yeah. place so yeah. you can you can and originally, it was supposed to alternate between historical and like scientific. Is that right? Is yeah, is he would, he would alternate between going back into the past and going into the future. Mm-hmm. And then the Daleks became really popular. And they're like, let's just get the Daleks <laughs> back. Um, but in that, it can't be everything to someone. It is something to everyone. And the way that I I liken it to um, when I first started watching Mystery Science Theater. Hmm. I'd heard a lot about Mystery of Science Theater and how funny it was. <laughs> and I put on an episode. And I was like, oh, that's that's not that funny. That's not fun. That's, that's kind of funny. And I'm like, I was expecting it to be like zingers all the way through. But in every single one, there's at least one that has me like, like in stitches on the floor. <laughs> and I'd say Doctor Who is like that. Yeah. Like, you'll, you'll have bits that you like, bits that you don't like, but then there'll be that one episode that just, like, clicks for you, and you're like, yeah, this is why I like that show. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is just being along for the ride. Yeah. Just, it's, it's Doctor Who is a lot like the Canadian weather, you know? Like, if you, if you don't like what's going on right now, just wait five minutes, and you'll probably like what happens next. Be that on yeah. an episode-by-episode scale or a doctor-by-doctor scale. Do you think that's that's part of it too? I mean, just that diversity or that inconsistency. Somebody watches five episodes and maybe they only really love two, but they have this feeling that if I keep watching, I'll, I'll hit another really good one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it for sure. I think there's also the fact that um, the characters, the characters of people that you that allow you to identify with the best parts of who you are if that makes sense that was a bad sentence but you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the characters help bring out sort of the uh the best elements of humanity hope optimism curiosity adventure yeah exactly compassion exactly i mean you have a main character who is a weird alien but is also extremely intelligent and doesn't use weapons right to, to solve problems and solves problems by solving problems yeah, and often makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is you know I think it's it's quite a good identifiable person. Yeah, and you also see in the companions as well something very similar too, right? That the companions tend to be very thirsty people who are very brave and just want to discover new mm-hmm. things. And it's yeah, it's uh, it's a good place for children to see the best of who they could be. I think, and then that grows into into adults as well. Yeah, I mean, not not having seen as much as any of you i think one of the nice things you're talking about the infinite number of possibilities is i could say i don't really like doctor who and one of you could say you don't like which doctor yeah it's like what do you mean it's like well you don't like this particular doctor it's like oh really you didn't like this particular serial it wasn't about that why don't you watch this 
and just the combinations of like well we're going to tell a different kind of story whether it's more historical whether it's more science fiction whether it's more um we're gonna change the companions tells a completely different kind of story absolutely yeah uh yeah yeah it's, you got to be careful with that though because then you get trapped into somebody trying to recommend you zappa <laughs> and they're like i didn't like these 20 albums it's like oh well, you haven't heard the right one yet <laughs> at a certain point it's not going to take but but you see doctor yeah, who like has the advantage also of having tom baker that's true so if anyone is not enjoying what they're mm-hmm. watching you can always say well i don't know just uh, just go and have a look at genesis of the daleks see what you feel about that you know like that's true yeah i also like the fact though that this this variety is also it can be a showrunner thing or it can be a doctor thing as well like because uh, i'm personally and talking revealing something i don't really talk about on on reality bomb at all i am not a huge mm-hmm. fan of the capaldi mm-hmm. era myself hmm. um but in terms of new doctor who the matt smith era is my favorite i think by a long shot and uh, the capaldi era is my least favorite by probably quite a long shot as well but they're both by the same showrunner you know like literally the difference yeah. is the person playing the doctor and the influence they have had on the way the show went in one way or another mm-hmm. there are lots of little gears that any one of them can change the complete feel of the show exactly yeah uh, i've also made a note of your dislike of the capaldi seasons for after. <laughs> many people do don't worry it's okay i'm yeah, well yeah. i'm well used to that. <laughs> okay i was i was on a beatles podcast a few months ago and uh, and and told the people that i was talking to we were talking about the white album and i told them that i didn't like Eric Clapton's guitar on while my guitar gently weeps and uh, and Her- oh. heresy <laughs> they sent all the hate mail to me it was terrible it was <laughs> really oh boy I, I I agree with you more about that <laughs> <laughs> that's fine and you know what it's it's and and the way I look at it is it's just not for me right it's the the Capaldi yeah. era it's just not it something doesn't that have to engages be with me but I'm okay to well maybe not wait for Chris Chibnall because I've yeah. seen his Doctor <laughs> Who and it's I don't know if I would recommend that to anybody, but you know, like it's... expectations are tempered. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the difference between not for me and this is bad. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so I've got a question for the three of you. I, yeah. I'm, it's kind of like I'm interviewing. The I, it's great. <laughs> I get to just ask questions sure. and I don't have I to have bad. any expectations. <laughs> I told you I could talk for about Doctor Who. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> I know the three of you have watched a lot of Doctor Who, but have any of you like read because I know that Doctor Who is a huge universe. Mm-hmm. There's uh, other audio dramas. There's books. I think there's even yep. comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, how far out do your does your knowledge of the Whoverse kind of extend? Mine doesn't extend out too far. Um, I've read the novelization of the sort of pseudo quasi released Shada story, mm. and yes. I've read the. Um... <laughs> I read a like a fairly recent novelization of a of a story starring uh, Patrick Troughton, the second Doctor. I don't know if it was from his run or just a, a story that starred him. I've also was listened to a few about, uh, hmm? something about ice, something. I I think so. Yeah, I think ice was involved. Um, some sort of planetary system, like oh, it was Doctor energy Who system the ice or something. Warriors. I think so. Oh, not the Quite Ice Warriors. Wait, no, that's the second Ice Warriors, oh, Ice Warriors story, uh, yeah. which is Seeds of Doom or Seeds of Death. I always get them mixed the up. Frozen. Uh, sounds 
Anyway, Sounds a little familiar, but it was it was by like it was a <laughs> it was a hardback book by a uh, like recently released in the last five years. Oh, I know what you're talking so, about. Yes, not yeah, not necessarily like a novelization of a story, but a novel. I got it for you for your birthday. Story. <clears throat> I think you probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it's a good book. I'm just bad with names. <laughs> So that's that's anyway. from a series of the books where um, the the run the the mainline run because there's always a series mm-hmm. of, of books going on alongside the TV show, okay. and they decided to start bringing in more kind of well-known sci-fi fantasy authors to do occasional like okay. you know, premiere ones or whatever. Which mm-hmm. started off with Michael Moorcock mm-hmm. actually, who did one. No, oh, wow. Um, I don't remember the name of the person who did the one that you're talking about though. Uh, not for the life of me. Neither do I. So. so it's some title by someone. Yeah. <laughs> you you will be able to find it, no problem. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Z. Continue. Sure, sure. I've also listened to a lot of uh, of the big Finnish audio stories, um, especially starring the Eighth Doctor and his companion Charlie. Um, I'd say about the same. I don't think I've actually read any of the books, nor the comics. But I've listened to a bunch of the uh, big Finnish audios, which is uh, audio play starring um, the past doctors, the fourth, <laughs> fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth doctors. Yep. Yeah, they're they're very well done. Quite engrossing. This is a weird thing because I think they have they have the license for the for the classic <laughs> series, but not the new series. <laughs> they do for the new series now as well, actually. Do they really? They do. Yes, they're starting to put out various things. There's a really cool series, actually, which is uh, classic Doctors with new series monsters. Oh, fun. Yeah, so obviously the, the Weeping Angels turn up there. There's uh, <laughs> one with the Jadoon. I, can't, I think it's the fifth Doctor with the Jadoon, but I can't quite remember. I don't, and I don't remember who the seventh Doctor faces off against. I should know that. Uh, the Slitheen. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I have no idea. That would, that would, that would, well, th- yeah, series, first series of uh, Seventh Doctor, that would make total sense. Yeah. What about you, Alex? I've, I've also listened to a lot of the Big Finish, um, a lot of the Eighth Doctor Big Finish. I was ecstatic when um, the Night of the Doctor for the 50th anniversary celebrations made the Eighth Doctor audios canon, which that was, was the fantastic. best part. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and the Charlie series, uh, K Riz as well in the um, in the anti time universe, is I think uh, my favorite series of stories. Um, the comics I've I've read some. I would recommend very very much getting into the uh, the tight the new Titan series of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doctor Who comics used to be done by I believe IDW, um, but Titan picked up the contract a few years ago, and they've done a really good job. They have some great writers, some great artists. So they're really worth worth reading, and with the books, I've I've read kind of here and there. I've got a couple of new adventures, a couple of this, that, and the other, but nothing really intensely deep diving at all. I would say, uh, although I would recommend the uh, the books, um, "Who Is the Doctor," "Who's Fifty, and "The Doctors Are In" by Robert Smith and a certain Graham Burke, who I have no connection to whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a fan. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was all the stuff that kept kept the sh- not the show going, but Doctor Who fandom going during between 1989 and 2005 when it was not airing. Um, 
I think Big Finish started in 99. Yeah. Um, the comics were always going, like, concurrent to the show. Almost right back, I think. Mm-hmm. I know the books got really intense and very adult. Uh, a lot of the Seventh Doctor stories. And Lung Barrow just drops a bunch of what Galfrain mythology that Andrew Carmel was holding on to for like the next season of Doctor Who that didn't happen. Hmm. Oh, yes. If you'd like to hear a Doctor Who fan argument that will go on for years, just mention the word looms <laughs> and see what happens. Hmm. Sorry, what's the word that I should definitely uh, tell looms <laughs> yes looms like the device that that weaves things together or like the device the bird? that weaves things together or okay, in looms. Longbarrow okay. is the, are the ways that uh, that the time lords recreate oh that okay. <laughs> <laughs> i mean right. i mean if we want to have an entire other podcast we can talk about canonicity and doctor who <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually one of the funny things that I, I found out when doing my research this week. Uh, while I was trying to find out the why of Doctor Who, I actually ended up learning something about fandom in general, which doesn't often happen. Ooh. I got a lot of articles about, you know, why do people hate Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, if you want to go find that, just search for why people hate Doctor Who fans, you'll find tons of things. But uh, on this Reddit thread that I was reading, uh, it was talking about and this applies to many fandoms, but it applies to Doctor Who fandoms. There's basically two sides to any particular fandom. There's a curative side of fandom, which is the group that's concerned with you know, canon, uh, knowing things, how to organize knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then there's the transformative part of fandom, which is you know your fanfic writers, uh, art, fan videos, cosplays, etc. And where you get this disconnect is when you have the intersection of those two groups, mm. which is not always... Um, it like in the discussion it was it tends to be along gendered lines hmm. but um but just generally like when you hear somebody it's like oh that's silly because for curative people it's like well this messes with the existing canon and the other group is like we want to be involved in the canon but the only way is to disrupt it uh-huh. to change it hmm. i don't know that was just an interesting thing that i read because when i when i read that i was like wow doctor who fandom makes a lot more sense now <laughs> Because there's like more than 50 years of, of canon mm-hmm. books and TV shows and radio dramas. And then these people's like, yeah, but what if this happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of goes back to the whole sort of premise of the show. It's this alien with a time machine. Anything can happen. Yeah. And then, of course, as well, when you have a when you have the, the series five of the new series with the cracks in time that swallow up things that have happened and literally make them not have happened. Yeah. So you can retcon <laughs> entire what? sections of the past. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, that's one of the reasons as well why I really love, um, love the anti-time series of Paul McGann, Eighth Doctor audios is that they don't even happen in our universe. So none of it matters. <laughs> like none of it matters to canon at all. <laughs> what? That's fantastic. I just love the concept of Doctor Who because... It's like, hey, what if we set up a TV show where we could change almost anything and that would be fine? <laughs> it's like, we're going to change the actors. There's going to be plot points, but, you know, long time has passed. People won't remember. <sighs> Apparently there's cracks in time where stuff just didn't happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think no, Doctor Who has contradicted itself quite a few times. Oh, constantly. I was going to say it's the TV show and everything else, but it's just, it's all just a big soup. Oh, yeah. 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 Of like, like there's no Star Wars uh, tiered canon hmm. 
or hierarchical canon. Because, you know, stuff has been both denied and, and confirmed by the television show that's happened in other media. But yeah, in terms of changing anything, and it still is somehow the same show. Uh, I guess it just needs to have the TARDIS in it. Um, but the, the thing that appeals to me most about Doctor Who is the fact that they continually change the lead actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so excited, but like that idea appeals to me so much. And it's not even different takes on the same character. Because a lot of people are trying to go as far afield from the previous incarnation as possible. But it's like a take on the idea of the character. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not as inherited, but they could have been like, no, William Hartnell is the king. <laughs> We can't replace them, and that would have been the end of the show, and we wouldn't be talking about it now. Mm-hmm. But they didn't—they didn't try to cast someone who looked like him. They were just—they—they they wrote it out in the plot. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like he went through a—I don't I can't remember if, <laughs> if that's when they said regeneration. No, they don't say regeneration until um, John Pertwee uh, regenerates into Tom mm-hmm. Baker. Hmm. Was it renewal? Uh, renewal, yeah. Renewal, yeah. And then, of course, with uh, yeah. Patrick uh, Troughton, he's. It's an enforced change, right? So they don't really call it anything. <laughs> He's sent faceless hurtling towards Earth. Yeah. And wakes up in color. And wakes up wearing like rather fetching clothing as well. Like my my. <laughs> I wish that happened to me more when I fell to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Just wake up in the same crap I fell asleep. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, costume changes and also actor changes, I mean, I think that's a huge stroke of genius because on the one hand, you'd think, well, everybody gets attached to this main character, the Doctor, so if they change the actor, who's going to watch the show anymore because everybody got so attached to the actor? But instead, it's like this big event every time the Doctor is going to be renewed or regenerated. So it's like this this built-in hype machine every few Mm -hmm. years. And the bookies make a killing. Oh, good lord, yes, they do. <laughs> Man. Although I'm not sure that this one is yeah. going to be as easy to Can't get much more adult to do that. that on. Yeah, there's no front runner, is there? there? There are a few front runners, but they're changing all the time because it was announced so early, right? And, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, originally it was going to be uh, Colin, God of Sex, from um, from uh, Love Actually. Oh, dodged a bullet. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I don't like. He would have been. I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen him in too many other things that are not love. Actually, so I don't. He would have been perfectly his, doctorish, is, which is, I think, the problem. Yeah. You can kind of see how he would do it. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was with uh, Chris Eccleston's too. It was announced. I don't know after the first episode aired or something that he was done. Yes, well, yes. It was. Well, it was very well, soon well, after. A very controversial <laughs> moment in Doctor Who history. <laughs> Because he had said that he would never do anything Doctor Who again once he was done that run. Or? No, no. I just think, um, I just think maybe maybe it was announced at a time at a time when it wasn't meant to be announced. Essentially, uh, it was yeah. after the first episode of the series yeah. had come back after <laughs> sixteen years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was yeah. sorry, T. I was. Oh, I was just going to ask a weird question, and that was why. I had a multifaceted question that kind of came together as I was thinking about it. First part was going to be, why did the show come back? And the follow-up or related question was going to be, do you think, especially with New Who, that the show is more for the fans or more for just like a general audience? But those two are not as related as I thought. They were. <laughs> I, I think they are, actually. I think they're very related. 
but I will let other people talk before I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, great cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Not as good as a doctor <laughs> hanging off literally a cliff with an umbrella, but you know, it's close. The greatest well, yeah. cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. Um, was your was your question again, T? Oh, just maybe maybe the I, first I, one. I, yeah, no, no. I'd forgotten that the show was off the air for like 10, 15 years. Uh, six, sixteen. Yep, sixteen years. Uh, so the first part was why was that or why did it come back and the second part was do you think new who is is more for f- fans than um old who or is it more of a family show okay so why it left my understanding is the bbc couldn't stand the sight of it anymore <laughs> oh wow it was just like it was old news it was this this fossil still hanging out on the bbc schedule that they were like oh it's just nerds and shut-ins who like this stuff. <laughs> Though apparently they waited a very long time to actually say that it wasn't coming back. Because hmm. I saw a little piece about Doctor Who magazine, mm-hmm. which did not end when Doctor Who did. Because BBC kept not saying yeah. it's cancelled or it's over. Just kept saying... Oh, so they kept on producing, <laughs> producing content. But they just the quantity wanted to quietly tuck it away i mean it went up i, I think at the end it was up against coronation street uh, death yeah that would yep. do it in when it came back um i don't know the details but I want to say because of russell t davies was like was he that that influential in bringing it back possibly i mean that'd be my guess i i think he was i think he's in fact said that he was asked by the bbc to work for them because he you know, done queerest folk and it had gone very well. They'd been second coming, it had gone very mm-hmm. well. So the BBC wanted him to work for them. And he, from what I understand, he's said, Well, let me do Doctor Who and I'll come. <laughs> and then they, you know. Hmm. And he had done quite a few of the, the books, I think. Uh, he did one called. He was, um, oh, he just did one. Okay. Oh, called. Uh, oh, I want to say Exit Wounds, but I, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure a lot of the new who writing staff came from all those guys who were writing the books. Yes, very much. Uh, in those wilderness here, yeah. Hmm. Quite a few of them. Yeah, Mark Gatiss, Paul Cornell. Was Gareth Roberts? Gareth Roberts was, yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else is in that first season. Uh, How many other shows do I know the names of multiple writers for? <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> well, C. Davies brought it back, and the people, the people wanted it. The people were hungry for it, it seemed like. Yeah. What was your second question? Oh, the second one was, is the show still more for families or is it more for for the fans? Especially since it came back after such a long delay. I would assume, given that it, and what you just said, it's like obviously for the fans, but maybe I'm wrong. I feel like, for the most part, the show is written, not completely, but a little broadly, so everyone can enjoy it. Like, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty, it's like BBC's flagship show. So it's yeah. like, you know, families, you know, have dinner, watch it. Uh, but but the, the the things for the fans are always little things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like this little like oh oh there's oh the cricket ball, <laughs> the uh, little compartments, Fifth Doctor's cricket ball. Yeah. Or um, like when uh, what was it David David Tennant in the in the episode where they went to Scotland said his name was James McCrimmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the name of one of the Second Doctor's companions. Things like that. It's for yeah. the fans, because here's here's the secret that some 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 places I've worked out, the fans are gonna watch it anyway. 
<laughs> so yeah. you have to you have to appeal to the casuals because they might not watch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would definitely agree that I think it's been it's written to be broad. I mean, I think the old series was as well, at least mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but more than anything, just as a as a flagship BBC show. When I think of really British television, I think of Coronation Street and Doctor Who. Funnily enough, what no EastEnders? Mm, not not uh, as I, not do, as I don't I don't I don't think EastEnders has has enough of a. I don't think people know what it is apart from being the same as Coronation Street over here. Well, I tell you what, yeah. I find that disappointing. Yeah. Albert oh. Square or bust? <laughs> that's what. <laughs> when I go over to England. All my all my relatives are talk about EastEnders. <laughs> oh wow! At, at the same time, when I talk to my relatives about watching Doctor Who or my mom or something like that, they're never like, "Ah, this one wasn't so good." Like every episode <laughs> of Doctor Who, they're like, "It was great." Yeah. <laughs> so like that's you know, but, that's who's watching it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Though I think like given the chance, even if Russell T Davies was kind of like, "I'll work for you if you let me make Doctor Who again," um, I think given that chance, the BBC probably took him up on it. Because they realized that here's this thing that everybody recognizes. Not everybody necessarily is a fan, but probably at that time, the majority of people, if not everybody living in the UK, knew what Doctor Who was. So even if they were just casual viewers tuning into the first episode to see what all the fuss was because they heard about it from relatives but never actually saw the show, or they'd seen a few episodes when they were kids and just kind of like drifted away but were kind of curious, or if they were hardcore fans hungry for more after the uh, eighth doctor movie oh i certainly was <laughs> <clears throat> hey some of us love that movie like put that back in your pipe a forthcoming episode <laughs> will be of who in review is going to be released that, that Boy. tells you exactly how i feel about the tv movie <laughs> <laughs> well i just gotta say though i always dress for the occasion Oh, <laughs> you and Chloe are always on that freaking Eric Roberts in that movie. Oh, he's amazing. I just love it. They stipulated the master had to be American. That was one, <laughs> of, the, that was one of the rules for the movie. Yeah. Really? Yep. Interesting. Interesting. Now, the movie is its own bucket of bucket of bolts. It is. It's a bucket of something. Yeah. That was a mixed metaphor. And I think that something is coming from Eric Roberts. <laughs> But I do also think that that's, that's part of the answer too to the idea of is it fan-directed now, right? Because mm-hmm. I think Doctor Who, as it is now, is constantly in a balancing act of trying to balance being fan-oriented because it's now made by fans much more than it ever yeah. was. It did used to be made by fans, but it also used to be made by people who had no idea, which is why the continuity is all messed up, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they literally <laughs> don't care when the Cybermen turned up the last time. They're just going to put them on screen. <laughs> Um, mm. Oh boy! But uh, but I think now it's constantly trying to balance between being for the fans and for everybody else, and it's got such good examples in the past of how not to do that. That uh, you know, like, and the TV movie is one of those things where the TV movie kind of takes Doctor Who continuity and decides to just you know do some horrible business all over it. But then you look at stuff like um, Attack of the Cybermen, which is so confusing with its continuity. Like it just that that story cannot exist without continuity and yet gets half of it wrong at the same time because again nobody has any records of what <laughs> happened in the past so nobody actually knows how to do continuity properly well that's a you have to have seen episodes that are no longer in existence <laughs> exactly yeah yeah 
yeah. or that have been recovered from space. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, are you aware of this, that a bunch of first and second Doctor stories have been like literally taped over? Yeah, I I was reading about that, and I mean, film was expensive, so I can kind oh, yeah. of get that. And that's why the fan efforts that are like, oh, well, we recovered it from, like, staticky huh. yeah. stuff recovered from space. Found, like, found, radio was it? Tomb of the Cybermen back. in Hong Kong <laughs> in 92. We have, we have Doctor Who Indiana Joneses <laughs> trotting the globe. The ones I love the most, and I think this is one of the things about Doctor Who fandom that is actually quite... Um, specific to doctor who fandom at least i assume it is is stuff like the guys who do the audio repair of the lost doctor who episodes where they take like because in the 60s and the 60s and the early 70s recording doctor who like literally recording it on tape while it was playing off the tv was a thing that a remarkable number of people Mm. did uh and so they kind of basically get all of these tapes that are recorded in living rooms and then build out of all of these tapes the track that goes along with the video that's been recovered <laughs> or that goes along with a series wow. of images that's uh, the reconstructions as well right but like mm-hmm. that level of commitment to just doing this for the sake of doing it is uh it, it's just mind-boggling you know that that's insane like yeah that is above and beyond people taking a bunch of Star Wars special editions and non-special <laughs> editions and splicing it together <laughs> to make the best version because that is that is solved. You just take two like DVD rips and do some <laughs> stuff. But taking all those different audio recordings from VHS quality tape—that that is an entirely oh, not even VHS. Is... I mean, like cassette tape, like oh, literally cassette, cassette tape. Right. So some of the, sometimes right. you have to cut out a bit because wow. somebody's snoring or like you know like. <laughs> <laughs> this is people going through miles and miles and miles of tape. Possibly piecing it together physically and going and making sure the quality is, they have enough quality to go over the entire episode for an episode that was probably okay. <laughs> just so it exists. <laughs> just so it could be slightly more complete. <laughs> what was the one they found recently? Was it Enemy of the World? They found yes. recently, like, com- like completely? Yeah. Oh, wow. And of course, here's another great thing about oh. fandom with the missing episodes too, is that we all have these this like received wisdom about how good or bad a, a missing episode is, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that, every, yeah. everyone, every every missing episode gets a full more extra letter grade um, because we can't see. <laughs> it. Well, possibly not. Enemy of the World was not well renowned at all. Hmm. Like hmm. at all, it was it was known to be like just a little bit naff, you know, like that sort of thing. And um, where, where, where the second the, Doctor plays. A doppelganger himself, yes, who's a Mexican. Exactly. Is that yes, right? doctors playing doppelgangers of each other is a '60s trope, uh, for sure. Um, but um, Web of Fear, most of which was also discovered at the same time as Enemy of the World, had this really amazing reputation. It's uh, Yetis running around in the sewers of London. Uh, great hmm. idea, right? Cool idea. <laughs> and then the two of them came out at the same time. They released them both together, and suddenly a whole of fandom went. Oh, Web of Fear is a little bit boring when you see all, m- most of it, but <laughs> Enemy of the World is great. Like, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> it's all your expectation. I want to get flipped on its head. Yeah. Yeah. What else do I have here? People love Daleks. <laughs> Man, it's almost like you spent five minutes on that. <laughs> <laughs> you overestimate me, sir. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
I said, the plan was to alternate historical and and uh, scientific episodes until the second story when Daleks were introduced, and it became mm-hmm. about putting Daleks everywhere. <laughs> Although to be fair, Sidney Newman, who was the Canadian from the C from the CBC or CTV, I can't mm. remember. Who, uh, See, I believe the CBC yeah, probably the CBC. produced the show did not want the Daleks to be in it. Yeah, really? he was very Ooh. anti the Daleks. He didn't want googly eyed monsters. <laughs> they don't have eyes. Well, I mean, there you go. I <laughs> 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 got a little bit. Of... Oh yeah, we posted a, an article about Sydney Newman there's, on uh, TO blog. There was a there's a quite a thorough history of Sydney Newman's career. Hmm. Um. What was on that was on TO blog, I believe so. Oh, okay, because uh, there's I posted on Facebook. It just came out of um, Doctor Who magazine as well. Like it might have been from there. My TO blog might have might have reposted the article. I don't know. Well, it's it's a it's an article that's based on a book of his um, memoirs that is just about to come out. The explanatory essay and a compilation of which was done by an author called Graham Burke, who I have no possible connection to whatsoever. <laughs> Ooh. Sounds like it sounds like a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a crazy radio voice as well. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, should get him on our show. <laughs> I have two questions for Alex. Ooh, you, I, I think maybe I've talked enough on this podcast. <laughs> That's your I, opinion. I, th- I think you can talk a little more. I okay, think. Uh, okay. I think you have some more words. A few. A few. All right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so both of these questions are about the community, mm-hmm. the community of Doctor Who fans. Mm-hmm. What do, would you say that you like the most about the Doctor Who fan community? Like the most? I hope the next question isn't yeah. isn't what I like the least, because uh, I might get in trouble. Who knows? Um, if if we hear Z frantically flipping his papers, <laughs> we know exactly what's coming up next. But what do I like the most? I think... Um, for me, it's it's almost it's actually kind of all of the stuff that has nothing to do with Doctor Who, to be perfectly honest. Um, okay, because it's a it's such a it's, I mean the show is very large, very diverse, but the fandom I think is even more diverse and even larger, and uh, it's full of just such a, a wide variety of people from different backgrounds, with different beliefs, with different ideas. Doing something like going to a Doctor Who convention is, I mean, you've got, you've got your little crowd that you hang out with, which is which is great, but yeah. you also get exposed to basically everybody, you know, that it's, it's mm-hmm. um, and some elements, uh, you know, not maybe not to your taste and some are more to your taste, but it, the fact that you are exposed to such a wide group of people is, I think, really valuable. You know, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's almost instructive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I also like the fact that it is also a very diverse fandom, um, just in, mm-hmm. in terms of the different groups of people that the show appeals to for various reasons or has appealed to throughout its history. And I also I kind of feel like actually that the show Doctor Who is now starting to become more diverse like its fandom now. You know, it's almost like it's decided that it needs yeah. to start reflecting its fandom better. Yeah. Uh, Bill Potts, the new companion, being a fantastic example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you kind of did guess the second question, but <laughs> it isn't. It isn't quite. 
It's not quite. Oh god, it's not going to be who do I like the least? Is it? Like, <laughs> uh, favorite doctor. Uh, no. If you could change anything about the Doctor uh, Who fan community, uh, what would you change? Going back to Doctor Who conventions, there is uh, an issue, I would say, with sexual harassment that happens at these things. And that's something that that's the thing I would change more than anything else. I mean, all of the mm -hmm. petty little arguments, that sort of thing. I love them because they're so petty and wonderful. <laughs> you know, if there's anything that yeah. I would say is an actual problem in the Doctor Who community, it's that there are moments at conventions and moments at gatherings when people don't feel safe. And if there's one thing that Doctor mm -hmm. Who should be about, it should be about everybody feeling safe all the time. Yeah. Was that an okay response? It's a great response. Yeah, absolutely. We don't usually get such heartfelt responses and not accustomed to being on the other end of something like that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. No, don't be. That's great. Yeah. We're all about getting the fans eye view and you know, sometimes that uh, is is more heartfelt than what somebody writes in an article or posts on Reddit or what whatnot. Yeah, and as I say, I mean I love all of that stuff. You know, I I think Doctor Who and its infinite pettiness is wonderful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's, there is never absolute agreement. Never. Ever. <laughs> that episode was great. 99 people will say yes. One person will be like, well, eh, I don't know. <laughs> seems like, this, like the same old crap to me or not <laughs> enough like the same old crap or whatever. <laughs> Cybermen weren't threatening enough. Everyone has their slightly different opinion platonic ideal of what doctor who is supposed to be exactly because mm -hmm. it has but been christmas, so many things sorry the christmas oh no, that's, i'm trying to find the, the way into this conversation the christmas specials universally despised am i right am i right except yeah. <laughs> this is, this is i mean just pretty much straws. i don't like a majority of them yeah uh i liked a christmas carol and i liked last christmas hmm I like those ones. And I feel like the, th the problem is that Doctor Who fans don't watch Christmas specials properly. You should be drunk every drunk, time yeah. you watch them. <laughs> and you need to be drunk, have been dr drunk and full. And, and yeah, and you need to have been drinking all <laughs> day as well. Not just like get drunk for the episode. You need to have been drinking for six hours block at least before you turn on that television. <laughs> and then you will love them all the time. There's a correct state of mind for the Christmas I'm learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's more learning something about England than it is about Doctor Who, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, well, one thing yeah. I thought interesting is, oh. like, Christmas on TV is not a thing over here at all. No. No. But you'd, uh, you'd be more likely to go out to the movies on Christmas here. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but in Britain, it's like, like a lot of shows do Christmas specials. Mm -hmm. oh, absolutely. And they're usually miserable as well, right? <laughs> so everybody is drunk and crying. Mind you, I suppose it's better than like <laughs> drunk and arguing. So you know. So when Doctor Who comes on, yeah. but they keep on doing regenerations at Christmas, so people still cry. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, we just get the the log burning in the fireplace all day. Hey, you know, depending on the Christmas, mm. you can cry at that. <laughs> if the log finally goes out after yeah. after burning all day, man. <laughs> That it's a moment, man. It's a moment. <laughs> if you are drunk and full enough, you will cry. <laughs> Can I just uh, pin that to the top of my feed as an evergreen statement? You know, is that all right? <laughs> you may absolutely. Please quote me. 
All right. So this is the part of the episode where we kind of go round table and decide whether we'd be interested in pursuing this fandom more or not. It's a bit of a different case in this situation, <laughs> but I think we can still make hay. Oh, yeah. But who to start with? I don't know. Pick anybody. Pick anyone. <laughs> Z! Take, take one of the hundred die you have on your table and dice and just <laughs> roll them. And then sum them up and divide them by some <laughs> random number and then pick Z anyway. That's what I always do. Looks kind of like a three if you squint and tilt your head. You squint your ears. <laughs> anyway, yes. See, it's perhaps a little moot because I know you are a Doctor Who fan and mm-hmm. watch Doctor Who. Yep. Um, so I guess you're in, but um, say more words than that, please. <laughs> well, gee, <laughs> I am definitely in. I am definitely going to continue to watch Doctor Who and to... Uh, to see how it develops also because i find it to be a really interesting show most of the time and uh as with like most science fiction in general sometimes the ideas and the concepts of the show are enough to outshine you know maybe some some bad writing or some not so interesting characters or maybe not so well put together plots it's reach continually i will forever stand by every story that the ronnie has starred in because the ideas oh yes yes let me me just write that down those ideas great i stand with you nick (laughs) i stand with you oh my goodness actually that could mean either one of you couldn't it so i stand with you z (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you alex (laughs) ronnie that's your that's yep that's where your that's where your flag is planted Yep. Yep. All right. In a shocking turn of events, I'm going to turn the question on myself. Oh. Don't do it. Don't do it. The r- after, after hearing you talk about the Ranny. It was so much to live for. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> obviously. <It's a> trap. <laughs> Wrong fandom. Man. Obviously, I, I am <laughs> a fan of Doctor Who. Yep. I, I love the show. And the part is like... I have faith in the show that it will get me to the good stuff at some point. Mm-hmm. As I said, I think it's about 50% batting average or 5.500 batting average. Our <laughs> batting average is calculated about half the time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. But like, it's, I like, I like the idea of it so much. I'm willing to sit through the other parts for like the little bits that are good within those not so good episodes. I will just mm-hmm. suck all the good that I can out of it and uh, appreciate that. However, there is still an in and out question for me because I do not participate in the fandom at all unless this particular podcast counts. Potentially. I don't, <laughs> don't go to any forums. Um, I don't, when I'm at a con that has Doctor Who panels, I don't really go or screenings. I'm not interested in going to the theater to sit with other Doctor Who fans, to be quite honest. Um, I, I really feel like a miser for feeling that way. But. When, I don't know. When I watch it, I want it to be a little bit. I don't want anything to temper my reaction to the to that to the show. I yeah. just want to watch it and then yeah. feel how I feel. But I don't mind talking about it with people afterwards. But mm-hmm. it, it started started went to our very first anime north, and I went to a went to like what was it, Fushigi or something. Five minutes in, people were started whooping and cheering, and I'm like, "What is this? Oh. We're watching a show. <laughs> Everyone, please calm down." Yeah. So, but I'm, oh, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to to 
got into arguments over which episodes or companions or doctors were bad or good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I don't think any of the doctors were particularly bad. Let's put a pin in ten right now. We don't talk about that. <laughs> but like, there's so much more I could do to be to be actually participatory in the fandom, and I have the ability to do so. But like, I feel like I ought to. I feel like I should be I should be on the ground level, you know, on Twitter even. Yeah. Whatever the hot Doctor Who hashtags are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I love Doctor Who, but I feel like mm-hmm. I could do and should do uh, more. Well, in in regards specifically to participating in the fandom, mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, I'm perfectly fine watching the show, and kind of like, I I sort of see it as learning a language that I might never go to the place where it's spoken, mm-hmm. but if I do, I know the language. Sure. You're ready. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I would like I would yeah. like to go to Gallifrey or yeah. Chicago TARDIS or is there one in Toronto? Was there a who party? Sometimes. For a while Polaris was kind of yeah. sort of Doctor Who oh, yeah. oriented, but then Polaris stopped. R.I. So. Polaris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, T? I thought you guys would go to Alex because uh, reasons. <laughs> um, this will be easy for me. I'll make it quick. I am... I'm out, and I'm going to remain out. Why? Uh, well, you know, Doctor Who is huge. It's huge. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's over 50 years of content, and mm-hmm. I don't know, neat concept. I've seen bits and pieces. I think I saw one of the first episodes with Peter Capaldi, or not long after he'd started, mm-hmm. and it was fun, but just, there's so much media out there that I want to watch, <laughs> and that I don't want to watch, but will watch anyway. Yes. <laughs> and... I can't get into like 50 years of canon <laughs> when I could watch other stories. I mean, the, the, the tragic mm-hmm. part about when we do the, we do these in or out things is all of them I'm interested in, but there's only so many hours in a day. Like there's only so much you can yeah, cram in. I mean, I'll do what I do now, which is like when the doctor changes, I'll know who it is because it's all over <laughs> all the fan sites. You, you'll be, you'll have an awareness. <laughs> It'll be like, Oh, the new doctor's Peter Capaldi. And I'm like, cool. I don't know who that is or why that matters. But I know that, great. that that is. Yep. I can continue mm-hmm. to be a fraud. How about you, Alex? <laughs> Are you in or out? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing if I said out? Like that would like, be, wouldn't that would be, I'm, I'm quitting I, doctor who as of right. Now. What an amazing exclusive. exclusive. Like, I'm quitting all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We're now a news site. Um. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm kind of tempted just just for the thrill of it. But, uh, oh, but. can you imagine? <laughs> that would be a reality bomb. <laughs> oh, Ooh, yes. You dropped that. And it I was, mean, if you ever, when, when that podcast is over, that is how you yeah. do it. Right <laughs> but in all seriousness, I couldn't really say anything but in because I am in. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, there's not really a way mm-hmm. around it. But at the same time, I mean, I I was um, very much the same as uh, as you know the, as you guys with the whole like being into the show but not really being in the fandom for a very very long time. I mean, I, I first watched it when I was I don't even know what age, young, 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 young in Pat, in Sylvester McCoy's last year before it was uh, before it was cancelled, and always just kind of kept with it. You know, and it was my thing for a long time. It, like even the first band, uh, the first proper band that I was in, I got I even sampled a Dalek in one of the songs. 
Um, and then I discovered cool. podcasts and discovered that other people were into it. And then I went to grad school and I met people like Z and my friend Lindsay, who's on Reality Bomb a lot and is uh, fantastic. And, mm -hmm. you know, the other member of our shared podcast, Sellers I Am, uh, Julian as well. And, uh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, like, and that kind of made me realize that there were people that I could talk to about this thing. And it was great to talk about it. And then I went to Gallifrey and I've never been able to resurface. <laughs> <laughs> you're still there yeah yeah kind of in my heart in my heart um but yeah i mean it's it's a it's a fandom that kind of gets you before you even know that you're being got i think is is sort of the the problem mm. but yeah i mean for me podcasting is is obviously what i engage in with the fandom but one of the great things about this fandom like so many others is that there's so many different ways to engage whether it's talking about it or whether it's writing fan fiction or, you know, whether it's uh, cosplaying or, you know, there's so much that you can do and be part of it. So when you said it, you yeah. said like it kind of like gets you gradually, like you don't realize you're in it and then mm -hmm. and then you're in it. Yeah. Like I started watching it um, in the David Tennant special year, but like I watched the entire series in that year, like from or the new series. And the more I got into it, I I didn't run out of rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I kept <laughs> expecting to hit the bottom, and I never did. I still haven't seen all of Doctor Who. There's <laughs> still a lot that I haven't seen. Um, but like that is appealing. Oh, for sure. Um, it like you know, and and the fact that it continues on, meaning there's there's for the foreseeable future going to be new Doctor Who. But yeah, it doesn't you know you can fall as as, as deep as you want into it. Yeah. Yeah, and through as many variations as you want as well, right? Like, do <laughs> do you want to watch just the TV show, or would you like to watch the Eighth Doctor's like strange series of books in which he's <laughs> like fighting against uh, what a coalition, the coalition time or something? I can't remember what they're called anymore. Oh, mm. my brain is just not working anymore. Anyway, but you know, like the, the Eighth Doctor novels like change everything. And then don't really happen mm. because that happens for most of the Eighth Doctor's <laughs> run. It's like it happens, but it doesn't really happen. But, you know, like, yeah. I, I think that's another part of it, too, is that, I mean, I used to work in a, in a, a college, in undergrad, I worked in a, like a college print shop that was also a Ticketmaster. And I spent so much time sitting behind the computer just reading Wikipedia entries about different aspects of Doctor <laughs> Who canon and not canon and all of that because what else was I going to do? But it was great, you know. Mm -hmm. I think the part that split my mind open, I, th I thought, you know, had a good handle. I'd seen most of the series. I listened to a bunch of audio plays. I kind of read it, read as much as I could, read all the Wikipedia articles that I could. And then I saw in TARDIS Wiki or something like that, that the Fifth Doctor was also known as the Supremo at one point. And I was like, I know nothing about this fandom. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a fandom that always has more at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Audio plays are still being produced. Books are still being produced. They're still doing the comics. Uh, the show is obviously still going on. If you're in the market to have only one fandom consume your entire life, Doctor Who is a good candidate. It is. <laughs> it can fill the time. And, oh, and the yeah. other amazing thing as well that we were talking about earlier is if you want to be a member, a fan of Doctor Who, there's every chance you could be writing it in the future. So That's true. Yeah. That's true. Cool. Well, I'm apparently the odd man out <laughs> and also the only man out. That's, a, that's okay. That's fine. One thing we also like to do 
is we try to take a look at the broad, broad, broad fandom that's out there and try to find some pretty exemplary fans of the week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This week, I have one because the world is a sad place, and this tweet made me feel a little better. Cool. That's all you could hope for in a tweet. Yep. So, this tweet comes from Dr. Latigo. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it'll be in the show notes, so you can find it there. But it says as follows. My current magical thinking, bad world things happened because of no Doctor Who. Now that he's coming back, the world will revert to good. <laughs> well, that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's great thinking. A lot of people put it on Bowie leaving this earth. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any number of famous people, really. Oh, well, I mean, Lenny Cohen pieced out because the bad things were happening, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. he was bummed out. He was like, I'm done with this. Wow, how bad does it have to be to bum Lenny Cohen out? I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We don't have to put this in the episode, but he literally did an interview where he's like, I'm ready to die Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Although, did you see the double, there was a double whammy of that way? Did the one at the beginning of the week that was like, I'm ready to die, I've done everything I'm going to do. And then Dylan won the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the week, Lenny Cohen had another interview where he was like, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that was the only fan of the week I had for this week. I don't know if uh, either Yuji or Yuzi managed to find one. No. I am the fan of the week. I I have a fan of the week. It's like Highlander. Hey. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? Can there be only one? I just assume Highlander for most things. I assume it's Highlander rules unless told otherwise. (laughs) Well, I have one, though. Oh. And the fan of the week is, I would say, Peter Capaldi. Ooh. I may not like his doctor, but Peter Capaldi is a mega fan. And watching him being the Doctor around the actual show has been nothing short of wonderful for the last four years. He's loving it. He was he was the head he was oh, the yeah. president of the fan club at one time, or attempted president of the fan club. I can't remember. What <laughs> Before there was a mutant. Uh, no, I think he tried <laughs> to depose somebody else. In fact, <laughs> man, oh, man, I know he has like fan letters from when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was that he's he was him, sent yeah. a script actually by um, Barry Letts as a like, please stop mailing us, like please stop, we don't. Want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Wow, you know you're really showing dedication when uh, you just pester somebody so much they send you a script. Oh yes, and don't you miss the days of the BBC when you could do that? Yeah, <laughs> man, <laughs> the script. Leave us alone, gladly. <laughs> I've made some changes to the script. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we are shining the spotlight on the Doctor Who Society of Canada, who I've seen, I think, at just about every every convention that I've attended uh, around here in Ontario. Did, Did you know that they only came about as of like 2011? What now? They're actually much younger than I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they grew out of the Toronto Fan Expo. I'm literally reading off of the About Us page. I am not smarter than anyone <laughs> else in this podcast. Um, but they came out of the Toronto Fan Expo, uh, the 2011 Toronto Fan Expo, which I did not know, which means they're actually fairly young. Uh, we've seen them at events like London Comic Con, where they were doing a, it was an escape room. 
Yeah, that was yeah. that was great actually. So they mostly have chapters in like the Greater Toronto area here in Ontario. I don't know if they have ambitions to be larger than that. They do have some in uh, Ottawa, Halifax, and Kitchener Waterloo as well as Toronto. Uh, interesting fact: they try to raise money for charities, and in the last year they raised fifty thousand dollars to I think four major charities. Wow! Wow! So they are uh, definitely a force of good in the world, especially around Doctor Who. Yeah, it was around mm. for sick kids, the Chio Foundation, the Montreal Children's Hospital Foundation, Saint Justine UHE Foundation, and oh, the specific Children's Hospital in London. So yeah, they're uh, they're doing some good stuff. And we got to talk to them a bit at London Comic Con in September. Yeah, and it sounds like they're always trying to do something different, and that's like they came up with Escape Room. Hmm. It was like not easy. No, if I if you guys didn't know Doctor Who, we would not have succeeded at that <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, if you want to check that out, we actually have a, an interview with them on our YouTube channel, which I'll probably post in the show notes. Hey, cool. Along with uh, oh, and you can find them at DoctorWhoSociety.com. Yes, it's important to know. Mm-hmm. Please check them out. Yeah, and then that leaves um, Alex. I know you've been pretty quiet about it up to this point, but there is there anything that you'd like to plug? <laughs> Mm. No, I think I've done enough. <laughs> well, I co-produce obviously the the podcast Reality Bomb with uh, with author who I have no connection with Graham Burke, um, and we are a magazine style um, Doctor Who podcast that focuses, funnily enough, on the fandom um, and uh, really kind of ignores the show unless it's fans talking about the show. Really, um, okay. Hmm. We're rounding around to episode 50, and we're a monthly podcast, so it's been four, five, almost Ooh. five years, almost four years. I, I don't know. Wow. A while, anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it eats my life. So go and visit realitybombpodcast.com or talk to us on Twitter at realitybombpc and on Facebook at realitybombpc. And that is all one word. So, you know. Cool. And if for whatever reason you don't want to um, have Alex's life consumed by Reality Bomb, <laughs> uh, you can help us out by going to <laughs> patreon.com slash the next cast and become a patron of the next cast. So that means you help us out to produce this podcast, to keep it ad free, helps us to work on the YouTube channel, to go out to conventions and cover different really interesting folks, to connect with folks like Alex and uh, other important fans. Uh, even as much as a dollar a month is helpful, so check that out, patreon.com slash nextcast. We're also found on a lot of other sites, which G is about to tell you about. That's right. You may be listening to us through iTunes, and if you are, I would encourage you uh, to go over, leave a rating or review, and and maybe subscribe. It really helps uh, a lot of people find us, and uh, and hopefully we can, we can reach more ears if you do that. So please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, we can be found at the Nixcast on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. YouTube, you want to check for our recent Let's Play of Hyperlight Drifter, one of the best games I've ever played in a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> also, a new plug for a new season. Uh, we're beginning preparations for the Race Against Time, our annual charity fundraiser where we play Chrono Trigger for an unspecified very long amount of time. <laughs> Yes. We'll be posting details about that on our Twitter and Facebook probably before this episode airs. So, hey. So go check it out right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, raceagainsttime.io. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. And if you want to chat with us on Twitter about 
The Race Against Time, or anything Phanthropological related, you can do so by tweeting at us or using the hashtag Fanthro. That's the hashtag Fanthro, hashtag F-A-N-T-H-R-O, <laughs> because hashtag Phanthropological is just too long. It's like Fanthro tell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One last question before we go, and we cannot thank you enough for having you on our show today, Alex. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. The last thing that we like to do uh, is next week we're going to be covering a different fandom. We're actually going to be covering Supernatural fandom. And since you're a guest, giving you the privilege, if you could have any question answered about a fandom, in particular next week's fandom, about Supernatural fandom, what would that question be? Uh, my question would be a uh, variation on your first question, actually, for this podcast, which is, how much slash fiction about Supernatural is there out there? <laughs> uh, I better write that down, because I'm going to forget otherwise. <laughs> the uh, fanfic style is going to have to, be, have to have more details and subheadings uh, next, next <laughs> episode, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Z and G, you get one chance at a question, too, while we're here. All right. My question would be, who is the fan favorite character and why? I'm curious if it's canon at all, whether Sam or Dean was born first. And if not, why fans think one of them is born before the other? Hmm. I've never watched Supernatural, so this is all Greek to me. Neither neither have I. I know there are two characters (laughs) named Sam and Dean Winchester. That is why this this podcast is great for us because it's like we know nothing about. This. I, ho- I hope they're twins, by the way. Same. I don't actually know if they're twins, so yeah. they're definitely brothers. Okay, I had two, but I'm going to pick the more contentious one because that's more fun. Why? Like, what is it about supernatural fandom in particular? Is it just because it's two hot people? <laughs> mm. I mean, I could apply that to any fandom. It just happens the next week we're talking about supernatural. It's what fourteen seasons deep, something like that. Wow, it's a lot. It was more than I thought. People like it. They must. And we're going to find out why next week on Phanthropological. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>